Three, two, one. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Real View Podcast. I am your host, Blaine Ward. We are here at the end of the year. It has been uh, an interesting year, to say the least. Um, a lot of good movies, a lot of bad movies. But today we're here to talk about the best and what we enjoyed. And here to help me introduce uh, the way this podcast will work is my sister, Sydney. Sydney, what's going on? Good, how are you? I am doing well. So Sydney, you are going to help me introduce how this pod will work. I have gathered... Um, Almost all of my guests that I've had on this year, and we're going to be talking about um, stuff we like, stuff we didn't, and anything in between. So how this is going to work is uh, we're going to start off with your favorite movie of the year, um, which is pretty self-explanatory. And then you have a wild card, which can be something that you liked or something that you didn't like, maybe something in the middle. Um, And yeah, so we're just going to get right into it. So Cindy, what would you say your favorite movie that you saw this year was? Hmm, Probably The Glass Onion. Nice. Because I like murder mysteries. Of course, yeah. Murder mysteries are super exciting. And now you you uh you haven't seen the first one yet, haven't you? No. Yeah, but you still enjoyed this one. Yeah, but people say they're not very alike. Yeah, they're right? both different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only uh similarity is that um the detective is in both of them. Um, yeah, I'm happy you enjoyed it. Did you find it confusing at all, or were you sticking with it? No. Yeah. No. And how many times have you seen it at this point? Four. Goodness gracious, you're crazy. I think I've seen so it now twice. now I know. Yeah, now you know everything you... about it. Who's your favorite character? Do you have a favorite character in the movie? Whiskey. Whiskey? Yeah, she was pretty funny. A good pick, a good pick. I'm happy you enjoyed that. What about you? My favorite movie of the year was Everything Everywhere All at Once. This is a multiverse action movie that is kind of so creative that um, it's almost overwhelming. Um, this is a movie where... It seems that, like, no limits were set. There's a movie where, like, everything just kind of bounces off the walls. Uh, And in that is also a very emotional story about generational trauma and how we um, connect to each other in a time where uh, everything makes no sense. How can we make sense of it? Um, I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was uh, sad at points. Um, And the whole time, my eyes were just, like, bulging out of my head because i couldn't believe what i was looking at um so there is a uh there's a joke in the movie where somebody thinks that uh the pixar film ratatouille has raccoons and they go to a world where raccoons are controlling people's hair instead of the rat and ratatouille <laughs> yeah it's pretty great so that was my favorite and now Sid, uh now you have a wild card pick this can be somebody you love somebody hated maybe something underrated what would you say your wild card pick is probably avatar Avatar The Way of Water. Great pick. What'd you like about it? I like I like that it was underwater. Mm-hmm. I yeah. thought that it was amazing how they had to hold their breath underwater. I know, yeah. I don't know if I could... I, there's no way I could do that that long. I could do it for, like, 30 yeah, seconds. Yeah, I watched the behind-the-scenes thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy, because, like, none of that... It, it's all, like, fake. And then you look at it on the screen, and it's, like, real. They you just know? have, like, these dots on their faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the performance capture is super cool. Um, mm-hmm. No, The Way of Water rules. That last hour is so exciting. Mm-hmm. Everyone is, like, in very real danger. Were you ever, like, nervous during that movie, or were you? Um, not really. Okay. I like the big whales. What are your thoughts on the whales? I like the whales. That's right. You heard it here first. Um, so are you excited for the sequels? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, hopefully James Cameron 
makes it makes all of them i want to go back i want to do the ride at disney world that's what i want to do i want to do the avatar ride. i want to do that too we need to go back yeah we do need to go back that's true what is your wild card blaine my wild card is an indian action movie called rrr and this is the movie um about two best friends um who are basically revolutionaries fighting the british empire um and this movie is an action movie it is a rom-com at points. It is a musical. And um, there are even stuff that makes you incredibly emotional. Uh, just like Everything Everywhere All at Once. This is a movie that kind of uh, has a lot of... Um, you, you can, it, there's a lot of words you can use to describe this. But it is like one of the most exciting movies I've ever seen. It's one of the best examples of big budget filmmaking. Um, and it just made me really excited. There's a dance sequence halfway through. Um, that was so incredibly exciting. I wanted to get up out of my chair and like start screaming. Um, which is great. I saw this in a packed crowd with 750 people in Chicago, and uh, everyone was losing their minds over it. So, uh, please check out RRR. It's on Netflix. You guys won't regret it. Anywho, all right. So that's kind of how this pod is going to work. So we're gonna shoot you all uh, into every single recording. Godspeed. We'll see you at the end. Um, thanks for doing this, Sid. We'll see you next time. See ya. All right, so I'm here with Jaden. Now, Jaden was on the first episode of the year with me where we talked about Licorice Pizza, Punch Drunk Love, and we made lists of movies we were excited for. Now, the funny thing about that is that our list immediately became outdated because we had, like, Spider-Verse and Mission Impossible on that list, and those didn't come out uh, in in the year of our Lord and Savior, so that was a bit of a bummer. But he's back in the show. Jaden, what's up, man? What's up? Good to have you back, sir. Now, we are talking best movies of the year. Um... And, you know, the people are asking, I got to know, uh, what was your favorite movie in, in 2022? Well, first, I need to say, I got to look back at that episode because I am very interested in what our uh, most anticipated movies were. Wow. Yeah. Um, my favorite movie of this year turned out to be The Banshees of Inisherin. Great pick. Great pick. Tell me yes. about it. The Banshees of Inisherin is one I wasn't expecting. And then I went and saw it in a the theater and I'm like, wow, this is magic. It was my highest rated movie of the year, um, obviously. But to me, this movie is just like the best black comedy you could ask for. Um, mm-hmm. It is at the same time like um, quirky and goofy and absolutely devastating. What really attracts me is the psychology of these two characters. I think it's just like maddening what Combe, played by Brendan Gleeson, does to his friend, um, played by Colin Farrell by just cutting him off and that just kept me enticed the entire time because it was it was such a small um gesture you know it's just one guy um cutting off one friend but it felt like such a like high stakes thing especially because they are on this tiny island they are like each other's only friends um and because the main guy takes it so hard uh, i think it's interesting how martin mcdonough uh, took that small scale story made it feel so important and so like thrilling too mm-hmm. yeah sorry go ahead yes no i mean i i'm i'm right there with you i thought it was a really uh tremendous piece of filmmaking weirdly enough the first time i watched it i was kind of only watching it on a plot level which almost never happens i don't know why i was doing that but like nothing really went over like nothing really registered with me i enjoyed it for sure and i thought the performances mm-hmm. were great but i didn't understand like what like what the movie was about until i rewatched it and it is like deeply deeply sad on rewatch just knowing like where the characters go and what um you know what 
like kind of like you were saying, like this one action on this island where they're all alone, like what this spirals yeah. into becoming for both of them. Yeah. Um, it's tragic, and of course it's hysterical. Uh, but the balance between that I found really riveting. Right. I didn't even know what a banshee was before I watched it, so even the symbolism was sort of lost on me until the end of the movie, and I really put the pieces together. Right. Yeah, fantastic performances all around. I love Barry Keegan in that movie, too. I thought he was a riot. Oh, yeah. People say he's a, he's a show stealer in it. Um, I just love the two leads so much. Um, yeah. It's a great film, and I can't, re- can't wait to rewatch it. Absolutely. All right. So now you have a wild card pick as well to talk about. This could be something that you love, something you hated, something maybe a bit underrated. Jin, what is your wild card pick for the year? Okay. My wild card pick is Barbarian. Okay. And a boy. All right. Nice. Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't think I'm alone in saying this just like blew my socks off. Nice. Yeah. Because, yeah, to me, it took me on such a ride. It almost gave me a similar feeling to the Manchies of Inna Sharon, where, you know, it just like, it was exceptionally appealing to to my taste. Like mm-hmm. I loved, I loved where it was taking me. Um, you know, and the structure of that film was just incredible. How it, you know, it, it sets you with two characters and completely pulls away from them and, and brings you back in time to a whole different character. And you got to play catch up. Great way to reveal things um, within that film. I think, yeah, the structure is what made that film kind of what it is. Yeah, I loved, I, I was so, I had no idea where it was going from minute one. And I think the marketing really helped with that. They didn't give anything away in posters and trailers and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, you know, it starts off and you're like, this is terrifying. And then it becomes really funny. And then it becomes really terrifying again. And again, it, it's another great example of balance. Um, And I'm really excited to see whatever Zach Kreger does next. I thought this was just a really tremendous uh, horror debut. Um, And just so much fun with the crowd. Like everyone was, seemed to be having a good exactly. time. Exactly. Yeah. I, there were times I was rolling my eyes to the back of my head. Like I couldn't even believe what I was watching. Yeah. I'm like, this is <laughs> nutty. And it's such a beautiful way. Of course. Shout out to Justin so, Long. He gives one of my favorite performances of the year. I love that guy. Yeah. That's my wild card because it's just so unique. Um, it's somehow my favorite horror film of the year. So I felt I had to shout that one out. Of course. Hell yeah. Um, well, Jin, thanks for doing this, man. We'll have you back on the pod pretty soon. Okay, sounds good. Thanks. All right, I'm here with Brendan. You know him, you love him. He's been on the pod, I think, three times because we did the Scream episode. We did the Nope episode. And we did the Halloween Ends episode where we talked about a bunch of horror movies. So Wait a minute. We did The Room. Yeah, exactly. We did Batman. Oh, we did Batman. Yeah, we did Batman as well. So you've been on four times this this past year. Look at me. Yeah, you're a little shining star, aren't you? Um. (laughs) So you know, it, it, we're we're down to it. Um, Brendan, what is the what? We, what was your favorite of the year? Favorite movie of the year? Okay. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't get to see as many movies this year as I would have liked to. Uh, Listen, I was we all too have busy. our own lives, you know. I was busy. I was in school, and I was making movies. Exactly. And I got to make my first like really big short this year. Yeah, so that did. was really exciting. Yeah, you did. So I haven't really been watching other people's work as much, but I mean, like. Honestly, like the Batman is probably my favorite movie of the year. Good like pick. it's pick. an easy pick, but we've already talked about that, so I won't dive too deeply into it. But I think my little like 
I, I guess my soap or my my moment in the sun here, I'm going to use to talk about, I would like to talk about a certain biopic that came out this year Uh-oh. that I think I enjoyed a little bit more than everybody else did. I know some people, it's mixed thing because I know uh-huh. it has flaws, but at the same time, like I think it's really well done and it is really, really well acted by one person in particular, and uh-huh. that is the Elvis movie. Attaboy. All right. You're not I... the only person to be talking about this, so this is interesting. I like this. All I right. think that Austin Butler is phenomenal. Like, at, like, honestly, best actor right now. Fucking give it to him. Like, I think he is incredible. Like, my... And the reason I, I wanted to talk about this is because I think the If I Can Dream sequence, mm-hmm. like... Uh, like <laughs> chills like i'm sitting in the theater like holy shit i'm shitting my pants like you're like that's inc- elvis right there. that's him yeah it is incredible like that is my f- second favorite like scene of anything this year obviously the first one is the opening of the batman because oh sure sure that sequence in the movie i'm mean, obviously like it's a little hollywood because it's like there wasn't like a, a Actually, I think there was. I read about it a little bit. There was like a contract where he had to do a Christmas song, but like okay. he did it. It wasn't yeah. like I think like you need to Christmas. sing this Andy Claus song. Yeah. Okay. I understand people's gripes with the movie, and that yeah. Tom Hanks is terrible. Uh-huh. Like he is flat out like not only annoying, but like he's just. It's very distracting that it's mm-hmm. him. Like they definitely should have picked somebody who was. <laughs> unrecognizable it, it that honestly does ruin the movie a little bit but mm-hmm. i think all of the elvis like glam is there and just butler's performance like just <laughs> fucking incredible <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah i mean no i i i i do see where you're coming from i think it is hard to make an elvis movie and like capture like how big he was and i think this movie despite it being kind of a lot i actually think pulled it off even if it wasn't really for me and i didn't hate it like i you know i think there are um people even on this podcast who are uh are not fans of that movie but um <laughs> You know, like, I, I respect some of it. I think it was a little too long for me to, like, actually, like, care all that much. And I'm not, it was a little long. I'm not the biggest That's Elvis true. guy to begin with. So it took, like, I, you know, it needed, like, that. It, it, it needed a lot to bring me in. And it, it had things to appreciate. But, I mean, obviously, it's reached some people. And I can't deny it. And Butler is incredible. I think there's a very good chance we'll be seeing him in the awards season um, coming up. Mm-hmm. We will not be seeing Tom Hanks. Maybe a Razzie. But... I hope not. I like. <laughs> you never know. There's always that one nomination where you're like, really? Um, like I, I will say that it's definitely a very. It has its flaws. It's not perfect by any means, but it's just one that I really enjoyed this year. Sure. Um. Hell yeah. All right. I, so, Maverick what? was amazing. I just want to throw that in there. Maverick. Too. Oh yeah. Of course. We all love movies. Maverick. We all love Tom oh. Cruise, Brendan. We love Tom Cruise on this show. Um. All right, so now you've got a wild card pick. This could be somebody you love, somebody you hated, maybe something underrated. Um, you know what I really, really hated this year, Blaine? Yeah. I gotta, you know, I got to do a good and I got to do a bad. That's just sure. how, I, how, That's how you works. roll. Of I course. love to shit on things at the uh-huh. same, as much as I love to praise things. Uh-huh. Um, I think Jurassic World Dominion may have been the worst movie of this year. I completely agree with you. That I movie was dog ass. I hated that movie. hated that movie. Oh, my God. Like... I didn't think it could get worse than Fallen Kingdom. Me neither. Like and I, yet, and yet, and somehow, yet. Somehow, somehow, they managed to pull it off. And it was. Jurassic World Dominion is everything wrong with the Legacy sequel. It's like, this is all your problems wrapped up to one. 
perfectly summed up. Yes, a hundred percent. But it's it it's like somehow figured out how to be disrespectful and like it's like it's a simple formula. Like <laughs> give us dinosaurs, have them go fucking arise, and then kill some people. Yeah, I oh like you bring back Sam Neil, you bring back Laura Dern and Jeff Gold, and they all suck. Right, it's terrible. Like everybody, there's not one good part of this movie it doesn't no. it doesn't really even look that great Mm-mm. it looks like shit um how do you drop one... the ball from the setup of like the last the last movie which was bad ends in a way where you're like okay the dinosaurs are all three i want to see a movie with dinosaurs like fighting the military like is that so hard and the movie's called jurassic world dominion i expect to see right. like them fighting the dinosaurs and yet like two minutes in they're like oh yeah we captured all the dinosaurs by the way and we put them on that what Right. Where is that? It's, Why wasn't that in the movie? I hate it. I hate it. They draw no, it, it. It's terrible. It made the rise of Skywalker like <laughs> look somewhat okay by comparison. And I hate the rise of Skywalker. Oh, yeah. I hate yeah, that I'm, movie. Right. Same. Um, yeah. No. This movie sucks. I'm so happy that you and I are on the. And you know, as normal, as normal, we're we're on the same page here. Um, exactly. But it's it, it's so easy to like do though. But. They're just bringing in all of this, like, we're going to control the world's food or something. Locusts, like, yeah. What? Nobody I, asked I can't, for it. Like, even as, like, a kid, you know, when you would, like, you would, you kind of less focused on the story of things and you were more focused on, like, the cool vision. Like, if I was a kid, I don't even know what I would get out of this to be like, oh, No, yeah, like, it's boring. It's so, it's boring. so boring. Nothing boring. happened. Oh, no, it's so terrible. It's so long, too. Oh, God. What I wanted to leave. I, I should have left. I really should have. I was like, do I want to leave halfway through? And I stayed. And you I should have. have. I should have left and just continued about my life. But now, of course, my life is worse because of it. Thank you, Colin Trevorrow. I hope you never make a movie again. Um <laughs> Yeah, those movies are that was awful. I'm yeah. you you like triggered a traumatic memory in seeing <laughs> this movie. Well, I'm like looking back at all the movies I saw in 2022, and I was like, oh yeah, that was definitely the worst of the worst. Like, so bad. Yeah. Oh god. I, hey. I finally I finally got around to the game changer that was Black Adam. And yeah. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Now it's not even relevant because no, James no, it doesn't Dunn even matter. Came Isn't that with a red pen and was like, yeah. "Yeah, no, we're not doing this." Like we're done with that. We're not doing that anymore. It's uh, like, wow, it's not even on like Blu-ray yet, and already it's like, all right, well, this yeah. doesn't matter anymore. Like, all right, cool. I I trust the man with all of my. You know that I love that man. I with, love that man. I, I would love make love to him right now, oh, but yeah. oh. but. You know, I have faith that the DC universe is in good hands now, I hope and we'll so. have some direction for the rest of the f- franchise. Right. Good right. news with that, I th- I think. I hope. Let's, God, I hope so. But yeah, awesome. Well, Brendan, thanks for doing this. You know, we'll have of you course. on the pod. Uh, you know, Scream Six is coming out, so we got to talk mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, so be tuned for that. But uh, awesome, man. It's been it's been a good year. Been a good year. So it's been a really good year. Of course. So we'll see you next time. Alrighty. All right, I'm here with Johnny. For those who remember, Johnny was on an episode of me, the infamous Ryan Reynolds episode. Um, you know, lives were changed, hearts were broken, um, bonds were made that day. And, uh, you know, have I recovered? That's to be determined. Um, but Johnny is here with us. And Johnny, I gotta know, uh, what would you say your favorite movie of 2022 was? Favorite movie of 2022 was The Batman. And then in a close second, Ambulance. Atta boy. All right. Michael Bay is back. (laughs) 
I'm liking this energy. Tell me about it. So, uh, the Batman is probably like the best one since the Dark Knight trilogy, which was surprising to say like how close it was. And I was actually very happy with Robert Pattinson's like performance because he like, killed it. Usually, you see him in these like indie films or like Twilight. This is like one like big blockbuster before this, so it's nice to see him in a serious blockbuster role and actually like deliver kind of that indie role performance that you're not used to seeing. A hundred percent. Yeah, totally. Um, I want Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman to push me down a staircase. I feel like that'd be really cool. Um, yeah, it would be. <laughs> I, I uh, relate tremendously to that. Um, yeah, I'm, I love the Batman. I'm excited to see where they go with it. Um, you know, obviously DC is being tossed and turned, but as long as they don't touch Matt Reeves, we're fine. We're good. Um, yeah. Keep Matt Reeves. Let him run everything. You can burn everything else. <laughs> burn it all down. I love that. Um, all right. And then you have a wild card. This can be something you love, something you hated, something maybe underrated. Johnny, what you got? I think for my wild card, it's going to be Min. Okay. Uh, probably not a whole lot of people have seen this one, but <laughs> one of those A24 horror movies. Um, this one was actually pretty shocking of like how deep this message was like for like a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of crazy to see like the evolution of like women's perspective on like men turn into like a horror, like only focusing on the negative. So a hundred percent. Yeah, Jesse Buckley is incredible in that movie. And like the last like twenty minutes, I was like losing my mind. My eyes were like wide eyed. My jaw was like slack. I was like, I cannot believe what I'm looking at here. I know it was the most shocking movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, we're going there. <laughs> yeah, by the end of it, I felt hypnotized, which is good for Alex Garland. I mean, obviously, I think some people were not um fans of this and for good reason i don't think it's for everyone but i, I hope this doesn't stop alex garland i want him to keep making stuff ex machina annihilation are awesome men was interesting yes. like, keep going king you got this That's yeah he needs to keep on that role because i'm a huge fan of ex machina <laughs> uh, ex machina is so good i love that movie um yeah awesome well johnny it was great doing this and uh yeah we'll be sure to have you on the new year i'll see you soon all right, I am here with Nathan. Now, Nathan was with me for two episodes this year, I believe. We had a Oscar nominee episode, and then we had a Don't Worry Darling episode, if you all remember that uh, moment in time. What a, what a great moment. What a great time. Uh, yes. But here it is, back on the pod. Nathan, I got to ask, end of the year, uh, what would you say your favorite movie of the year was? Oh, man. Um I think honestly, I gotta go with everything everywhere all at once. Adam, what? Uh, what do you think? Just simply because I don't think it's a movie anybody saw coming. It's mm-hmm. a movie that uh, I'd argue it's difficult to see a movie like that uh, within your lifetime. I feel like just because of how there's so much packed in that movie. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I would have said the Fablemans, but also the Fablemans. I loved the Fablemans, but again. Um, I was just blown away by the creativity of everything everywhere all at once. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to kind of describe what makes it so great because there's something kind of universal in how what the movie's about. Because I mean, on one hand, it is like the most ridiculous nonsense you've ever seen, and then on the other, it's like the most profound message that we've heard, and we're just sobbing by the end of it. Um 
while also, you know, cracking up because of butt plug action scenes and <laughs> rocks and, you know, all that stuff. No, a great pick. I um I yeah. loved it just as much as you did. Um incredible experience, incredible time. One of, speaking of that also, something I I was watching like one of the Hollywood Reporter roundtables, right? And um one of the Daniels, I forget which one, um, was saying that they kind of got the inspiration from it, like with the time jumping and all that, right? And how like it goes everywhere and with it being everything everywhere all at once was a lot of that stemmed from social media and how yeah. you're always scrolling and like there's you're just absorbing so much. And I like when when I found that out, that only added to my love for the movie because I was like, that's just brilliant. Yeah, I imagine I'll never get sick of the rewatch. Even I've seen it multiple times this year, and I'm still like finding yeah. new things to enjoy every time I absolutely, it out. absolutely, hell yeah, awesome pick. Um, all right, and now you have a wild card. This can be something you love, something you hated, maybe something underrated. Nathan, what do you got? Um, so I'm gonna say something I loved and something that I believe is truly underrated. I haven't watched. A lot of Lena Dunham, but I loved Catherine Colberti. Yeah, I just uh, saw this last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I adored the script. I, like, it was just, not to compare it to Ferris Bueller's Day Off because it's nothing like it, but because it is a female character breaking the fourth wall and just how eccentric and, you know, she's just such a fun character. And Bella Ramsey's absolutely fantastic in it. Andrew Scott's in it, you know, the hot priest from Fleabag. That's right. It's great. That's right. Sam Street. Yeah. It's, no, it's, it's it's such a stellar cast. And honestly, it just, I was smiling the whole time. It, the whole movie felt like a warm hug. It was so good. And then I just recently saw Babylon. I'd also say that's going underappreciated. It's complicated, um, yeah. obviously. it's There's a lot in that movie. But I'd also recommend checking that up. But Catherine Colberti, by far, loved it. Yeah, I... I thought it was super cute. Um, you know, my Lena Dunham knowledge is uh, not a lot, um, but and hearing that she directed, because she directed something else this year uh, that didn't go over well. It was called Sharp Stick, but apparently it wasn't that good. But uh, oh, yeah. no, I thought this was adorable. Um, you know, all star, not all star, but great cast. A lot of uh, excellent British actors kind of showing up, doing their thing real quick. Um, and yeah, just like you said, a really cute story. Um, I, it had a lot of like adaptation vibes. Like I was like, this is based on a book, right? And then of course in the credits, I see, oh, it's based on a novel, which is great. Um, but yeah, it's adorable. I'm sure I got to show like my young sister this at some point and she'll get a kick out of it. But it's yeah. something for everyone, you know, a nice, cute, yeah. happy movie. We all need that um, from mm -hmm. time to time, but hell yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, Nathan, thanks for coming on board. We'll definitely have you uh, on the pod in the new year. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Thank you for having me on. It was a pleasure. Of course, of course. All right, and I'm back with Jimmy. Uh, those of you might know Jimmy from the I Am Afraid Now Dated episode we did on, like, we ranked all the DC Universe, um, which that has now uh, not only defunct. not only has the hierarchy changed, it's now been borderline <laughs> erased. Um, yep. So, hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, or hell no, depending on where you're standing. But uh, you know that was <laughs> at this point, point. I just want any plan, right? Um, and you know, but hey, we talked about Peacemaker, a show that will have a second season, so we're good there. Yeah, I think. Uh, but yeah, Jimmy, uh, the world is asking. We got to know. It's at the end of the year. What would you say your favorite movie that you saw this year was? Well, I have a kind of a weird one. Um, my reason for choosing it is entirely vibes based. It's not like 
the best movie ever or anything, but my cho- my choice for the best movie of the year, 2022, is Enola Holmes 2. Okay, all right. Atta boy. I, I like this energy. Yeah. I like this energy. Yeah, it's um, it's a solid family movie, I think. Uh, apparently, it's an adaptation of a book. I didn't know the first one was, but there's probably going to be like 12 more if if it really is an adaptation of a book. So um, it's nice to see Henry Cavill still have a franchise. I agree. It's, I agree. it's always good to see him working. <laughs> um, I think the movie is a little long, but if if the listeners don't know, Enola Holmes 2 is – well, Enola Holmes is – the younger sister of Sherlock Holmes, and she solves big conspiracies that just happen to teach her lessons about um, injustices in society and things like that. And it's a solid family film. It's a it's a good mystery movie. It's got a lot of twists and turns. Their play on Moriarty is very fun. I don't want to spoil it. Um, yeah, I appreciated that. Yeah, I thought my favorite part of the movie was. Well, like I said before, it's just the vibes. <laughs> Honestly, I love that. like normally I have like more specific notes about a movie, but this one just like made me smile. It was fun. It was it had some good action beats. I genuinely didn't remember most of it until I just looked up a trailer for it because like it's not that kind of movie. No. You know, it's not 7. You're not pouring over it like <laughs> where's where are the the little hints and clues as to what's going on later it's it's pretty telegraphed who the villains are and you you kind of know where it's going but it's executed very well they do the flea bag thing where millie bobby brown will turn to the camera and talk to the audience but it's not overdone yeah which is rare in movies like that um i just think it is a good second installment in a franchise that netflix has and netflix and franchises don't necessarily go well together so it's nice to see them moving in the right direction on something i was gonna say uh in a year where the netflix blockbuster has been um almost uh cancerous to me um what would your... the gray man come the out gray this man year? yeah red notice like all that <laughs> shit i don't care oh fuck me red note yeah uh-huh um like all that stuff, it's just not fun. They forgot what fun is, and you know what Enola Holmes yeah. Two is fun. You can have a nice yeah. time while watching it, and you know it doesn't try to it doesn't try to break the mold. It's just no. like, hi, welcome to the movie. Let's have some fun, and then it ends, and you're like, you know what? That was fun, and yeah. you know, I could need ha- more. I those. could watch another of these in two years. I could watch like five more of them if they wanted to keep going. Exactly. I think they're lovely. They're so cute and harmless and fun, and we need that right now. I respect it. Good pick. Good yeah. pick. Um, all right, and now you have a wild card. This could be something you love, something you hated, maybe something a little bit underrated. What do you have my as wild, your wild card? My wild card I just saw today. Oh, my snap. wild card is Violent Night. Okay, all right, nice. I really loved it. Um, I love bloody Christmas movies. I've always really <laughs> loved bloody Christmas movies. I watch Krampus every year. Sure. Uh, I consider Die Hard to be a Christmas movie. As, as do we all. Yeah, it it is. It, it is. just is. It is. It's a fact. And Violent Night is the story of a very rich family that gets robbed on Christmas, but there is a little girl who doesn't deserve to get robbed because she's not rich. She just has rich parents, and Santa's going to save her. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a disappointing lack of class warfare. There's not <laughs> like a huge 
<laughs> there's not a huge comeuppance for the rich people. I was going to say, that's the like, only thing it was missing. Yeah, like I want, I love that the family like learns to love each other and everything, but I want the grandma who basically, who literally has like death squads and like funnels money to for the CIA. Like I want her to get a comeuppance of some yeah. kind. I was about to say, they should have killed off more of the family members, but beyond that. Oh, absolutely. It's exactly what it's marketed as. And you know what? I like being told the truth about what I'm watching. And I saw the movie and I'm like, this is just bloody Christmas murder. And I love that. Yeah. I feel like a theme for my two picks is uh, honesty. Mm. They are movies that know what they are and don't try to be other things. Of course. No. And yeah, we need that. Like, we need more of that, really. Absolutely. You know, when you hear, like, Christmas action movie, you picture, like, Santa with a gun. Santa right. does not have a gun in this movie. No. I, I want to be very clear with everyone who's <laughs> listening. Santa does not use a gun because that's pussy shit. Santa <laughs> uses a giant hammer to kill motherfuckers. I didn't count, but the body count for Santa is at least 35 people. Yeah. This is an hour and a half movie. <laughs> the crowd like are incredible. There's like 20 characters and Santa still has time to kill like 30 to 45 people. Exactly. It's a good movie. And it it keeps, it it keeps the pace going. It's brisk, it's fun, and there's just enough character and backstory to like take you from set piece to set piece and it doesn't feel disjointed. Yeah, uh, there's a mur- there's a there's a there's a death involving a chimney that uh, unleashed like oh. maybe the most guttural scream I've uh, let out <laughs> in a theater in quite some time. Um, but great pick, so underrated good. pick. That movie was a lot of fun, and I, I gasped really more it. than once. Yeah, I want them to do their franchise where Pedro Pascal is the Easter Bunny and Oscar Isaac is like Saint Nick or something. Uh, not Saint Nick. Oh, uh, fuck. I don't know who Oscar Isaac would be. I'm running out of characters. But I anyway, continue the franchise. Bring, yeah, sure. Bring in bring in other holiday characters and have them commit um uh holy murder against uh evil bad guys. Oh absolutely. I think, I think that'd be incredible. But I uh, think what I I appreciated about Violent Night also was they didn't try to set up a sequel and they didn't try to like they leaned into like this is an event movie in a way like it it is a holiday movie it's only meant to be watched one month of the year it is everything is christmas themed yeah literally every line has something to do with christmas and when the movie ends it ends and it it doesn't try to turn it into a franchise or anything but it could be you could totally do this with other characters right you don't you don't have to do anything with this it's just in a movie where nails are being shoved into eyes and ears and all this stuff, um, you know, the fact that it gives you a nice, warm, fuzzy Christmas feeling at the end of it, to me commended, to me commended. Yeah, um, I will say that there is a Home Alone-style sequence in the movie, and it is nice to see a Home Alone sequence where the consequences of people's actions are, are on full display. People want to know what Home Alone would look like if rated R. That's this movie. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, All the times Joe Pesci would have died, they just actually <laughs> kill people. It's great. Exactly. Exactly. Great pick. Um, Jimmy, thanks for coming on, man. We will definitely have you on in the new year for sure. Yeah, definitely. All right. I'm here with Brett. Uh, for those who remember, Brett was with me for uh, – he was part of the duo Cine Rivals when he was on the animated 
feature history pod, as well as an impassioned argument about Thor Love and Thunder, where um, you resented the positive side of the spectrum while I was on the negative side of the spectrum, an argument that has aged tremendously well, um, in my opinion. What's but, that supposed to mean? Nothing, nothing. We're fine. Just um, that everyone in the public has switched sides? Uh, listen, I, I don't call my shots, but, um, I will call that one. Uh, <laughs> um, so Brett, we're at the end of the year. Uh, what would mm-hmm. you say your favorite movie of 2022 was? That is a incredibly easy one for me. Cause since the day it came out, it sat, uh, soundly at number one for me as my favorite of the year. And that would be a little tiny film about a little tiny shell named Marcel. And that would be Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Great. Um, there is nothing else that came out this year like this movie that is so earnest in its message of positivity and like loving life and family and like every positive aspect and theme you can think of in a movie. This exudes that in some way, shape or form. The character of Marcel is just so funny and endearing and cute and lovable. And like you just want to root for him and. The premise is so simple. The movie is shot simply and it just it fires on all cylinders, even though this is a 90 minute movie, literally about a tiny shell with little little tiny shoes, just putzing around a house and showing you about his life. Yeah, like that's all I could have won for it. It made me laugh. It made me cry. It made me think about my life and my uh, like future and the things I want to be in my life and the people I want around me. And like, these are all things that I got from, again, a little one in shell. So amazing. I found it amazing. Yeah. Uh, no, I uh, loved Marcel. I thought that was um, just really adorable, really quaint. Um, but, you know, I was like on the verge of tears the whole time because I was like, he's just a little guy. You know, I just want him to find his family. I want him to feel um, not alone in this world. Um Great pick. Uh, I wish that I could get that Blu-ray not off the A24 store. Um, Yeah, I mean, I went and got the 4K collectors because I wanted the little booklet and I wanted the little, I have a little ceramic replica of Marcel that I can just hide in little places around my house. It's so cute. Yeah. Uh, So I was ready to splurge, but I get that. They're kind of gatekeeping this movie, kind of like what I might talk about here in a second. Oh, Um. But yeah, I mean, I can't get over how many times I'll watch this movie and still feel the same feelings. I watched it just a couple of days ago as a refresher for my favorite movie of the year. And it's it still works like I know what's coming. I know the turn the movie takes. And I love how well I don't want to spoil anything, but I love how well it kind of like leads you to believe what's going to happen, but kind of like subverts that until the very end. Mm -hmm. And so that's really great. It's such a well-structured movie for such a simple premise and such a small, it is a small feeling movie and like in every sense of the word, including in the main character yeah. and like the mockumentary kind of feel of it really, really works. Um, especially because the main character is the director. Right. Uh, so that's, I mean, I, I could go on, but then your podcast will end up being like four hours long. And the Marcel pod coming soon. Yeah. Um, all right, so now you have a wild card pick. This could be something that you love, somebody hated, maybe something underrated. Uh, Brent, lay it down. What you got? 
Well, I loved it, and I think it's underrated because, like I said, some of these movies are a lot harder to get your hands on than others, specifically when they're stuck on a platform like the Roku channel. Oh, um, damn. And so my pick for Wild Card is a movie that I think did executed the type of genre that the film was trying to do better than the two movies this year that did it earnestly. And this was literally a parody of those movies. And that's weird. The Al Yankovic story, the fictional parody biopic of weird Al Yankovic, a parody musician that in itself is a parody of like Elvis. And I want to dance with somebody, two movies that came out this year. And this one is still better, more entertaining, has so many laughs in it, has so many great cameos, a stellar performance by Daniel Radcliffe, who's not really playing weird Al. He's playing like, (laughs) that larger than life rock star that like anything that they poop turns into a gold record. And like, that's what he's doing in the movie. So it works so well because everyone's taking it seriously. Every joke, nearly every joke lands because we've seen so many of these musical biopics over the last few years in the film industry. It seems like we get like three a year as of recently, all starting with like, bohemian rhapsody uh in 2018 and so now we have this movie that is is a pretty good telling of like the story of weird al and how he came up in a lot of ways but then also takes every opportunity to do the weird al thing and parody it turn it all the way up to the most ridiculous it could possibly be and like get and just dish it out to us and still make a satisfying movie like I know that this movie is probably so well received by me and others like me because we're all Weird Al fans and this movie was made for the Weird Al fan, but I think it works for the general audience better than anyone could have expected. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a big walk hard and pop star fan. Absolutely. And I feel like this definitely, um, almost like solidifies kind of the trilogy of, it uh, lives right in between the world of your Elvis and the, and like the walk hard and Dewey Cox story. Right. And that's kind of why I love it so much. Like I said, I just watched the, I want to dance with somebody. And unfortunately that movie was not nearly as good because it didn't do anything special. Right. It was just a retelling of some of her most poignant moments of her life. A lot of singing and performances and music numbers and whatnot. And then the movie ended, but this movie takes the genre and flips it on its ass, dishes it back out to the, to the people of the world. And they're just like, here, we're going to do this better than any of you guys. And also make fun of you and, every way shape or form exactly yeah and uh shout out to um the final joke of the movie in the credits i was like nearly in tears um laughing it should be nominated for best song but i don't know how the whole roku channel makes it applicable for the academy i wish this was in theaters i know roku kind of like bought this movie but i'm like oh man it would have been so fun to see with the crowd and and i i even said this up top it made sense that a provider like roku would purchase something like this I guarantee you it wasn't terribly expensive. I remember hearing they maybe shot in like 12 days. Yeah, it was like really quick to film. Yeah, So like cheap, easy to film, and you have a devoted audience that's already attached to Weird Al Yankovic. Like the people that go to his concerts are the same fucking like 20,000 people that have gone to all of his other concerts. Right, yeah. And so that devoted market will go to whatever lengths they have to to watch this movie. And so- they already knew they were going to get that market, but to like get pick this up and for it to be as good, it's like, oh, that you get the extra eyes on the site. The only problem is 
is anyone ever going to go back onto the Roku channel? Probably right. not. They should drop a Blu-ray. That's all I'm saying. Just drop they, a Blu-ray. They, dude, they have to. I would be really upset if I can't own that physically. Yeah, great film. Great pick. Um, Obviously a classic. Uh, both great movies I really enjoyed. Um, Thanks for coming on the pod this year, man. We'll Always, definitely have man. you back. Um, Be sure to check out the Sin Arrivals podcast for um more crazy uh you know adventures yeah um, <laughs> anyway you call it that yeah right that's a word for it but all right. um all right see you man all right i am here with brent and brent as a co-host of sin arrivals you were on the best animated feature history episode as well as uh, a heat podcast uh where we ranked the michael mann movies you know just a real shot of adrenaline there um that i think we all needed at that time and yeah you know we're at the end of the year i gotta ask uh what would you say your favorite movie that you saw in 2022 was you know real quick hot off the spot though uh we'll have to redo that ranking once uh michael mann's next film fiari comes out that's right that's right that's right yeah uh well what i'll do here is uh i'm pretty sure as you're going around the realm and, and asking your buddies what their favorite film is i believe we all had the same idea that everything everywhere all at once is is just our favorite yeah. which it, it i mean there's nothing wrong with that at all but i feel like since you've heard that enough i kind of want to at least give a film within my top five sure so we're kind of in that in that realm i don't think you wanted to start at the bottom and go 147 on your way up so we'll just, I'll just stick <laughs> my top five here uh i have tar i okay. i think uh this might be like a good area that uh, your viewers can also catch on to because i know you've talked about this but i think that this film is a is a patiently strategic uh portrait of a character's like r- not even rise but like they're already at the top and then you're going down to their fall i've i've heard a lot of people talk about how this is Kate blanchett's performance of like ages and we've seen a lot of this stuff with male actors all the time you see it with De Niro, DiCaprio, Pacino you've seen it with all all sort we just kind of saw something like this last year with uh, Bradley Cooper where like he was just really in Nightmare Alley and and co-star enough Kate Blanchett comes out this year with just another immaculate performance and in this film really um you don't expect it to be such a thriller like you just think oh it's going to be about the music considering what her career has come from with that and it's kind of put on the back burner for what what she does to just basically blow everything in her way to get you know the fire that she causes and the mayhem that she tries to put out i th- i think uh as people kind of get older they might like this film even more and i think it could sneak into like a lot of people's you know there might be like one award show where this wins best film and like that's going to really like change the narrative on like going into the award season and and i i mean if you haven't seen todd phil fields films uh he really has this this grip on just like how to how do adults handle life in certain stages um from from youth to adult to a career uh and i look forward to what he does next this film is probably um you got to be patient with it too because of its its runtime but i think once you get to the end it's it's awesome like it really makes you questions a lot of things in today's society and how we've seen figures rise and fall it, especially within the last five and how you can kind of pull ideas from this, from that. Yeah. Uh, phenomenal Cape Blanchett performance. I think she's basically locked the Oscar this year, hopefully. Um, yeah. She's incredible. The movie itself is kind of a masterwork. 
of kind of what happens when you take your power for granted and you think that the rules don't apply to you. Um, yeah, I'm very eager to rewatch this. Um, obviously, the first time I was kind of just shell-shocked by the performance itself. But I'm sure on rewatch, you'll be able to pick up a lot more um, just subtleties in the character. Um, it's hilarious that uh, a lot of the running joke on Twitter is that Lydia Tarr is a real person. I love that. Yes. Great running joke. Um from everyone involved but uh yeah no tremendous pick um we just like flat out like one of the best performances of the year i mean you can't say enough about but chat um hopefully she, she locks it yeah she it's it's with uh with many times like she's already won two oscars and so it's it's an interesting conversation to see like will they be willing to give her a third or are they going to give someone else their first right. um i look forward to that part as well absolutely absolutely she's I know we've there was controversy where on a podcast of ours where I I called her uh, bigger than Meryl Streep uh, in my opinion. Wow. I I think she uh, she just she continuously throws out heavy hitters and I know Meryl Streep did that obviously in her earlier days and then towards our back burner of the two thousands I think we've seen a less of that where Kate Blanchett has come in and just taken over. Yeah. For sure. The fever is sweeping the nation and I'm all for it. Um yes, you can tell the poster behind me. Really. I see it. I see it. I love that. Um perfectly framed. The all right, and now you have a wild card pick. This is gonna be something you love, somebody you hated, maybe something underrated. Uh Brent, what you got? So this is squeaking outside my top ten. Uh this one honestly just keeps revolving within the eleven. 12 range or whatnot, but uh I know you've seen this uh after my heavy recommendation and um this is speak no evil. Um, okay, all right. Yeah. This is yeah. a wild card of all wild cards. That's uh, right. I've I've recommended this to a lot of people that like that uh, like scary films and whatnot. I think this might be probably one of the best of the year. Uh, certainly because it involves more real life uh, incidents. I think the overall like moment of this film it just involves. Uh, a Danish and a Dutch family that meet on the holiday and they decide to meet back up months later um, to reconnect in a way. And they have, they each have a kid the same age. So like, it's easy for them to gain, I guess, a welcomeness or, a, I mean, it's flat out just being kind. And I've never felt more uncomfortable and just like walking on a razor blade in my, in my life, watching a film like this. I mean, I was, I just kept saying, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck. And like, when you learn quickly, and it's a short film. I love that part about it. It's about yeah, it's a like good night. 90? Minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're thinking like, oh, this is where it breaks. Nope. Oh, this is where it breaks. Nope. And then like when you finally don't expect it to just snap and go after you is when you just, you're kind of like left paralyzed and like, did I just watch that? And yeah, I can understand the ending for some people might be a little bit too much, but it just, it, it, it kind of makes sense. And I feel yep. like in those like dark moments you're just unflinched and you can't do anything and like it just i this film it's and it's one of those where like i want to rewatch it but i also don't want to be back in that moment because when it's revealed to like the bigger arc that's going on you're just like this is like really clever but also like really scary because this stuff could actually happen and yeah. i think that's where the real horror pull, uh, pulls from yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, I think the best horror movies have this sense of dread. Um, and the best ones don't tell you what you're dreading until, you know, they finally have to um, drop the hammer. And I, this is one of the best examples of that, where the whole runtime, you are like, what? Like, there's something, something's gonna go down at some point, but I don't know what and I don't know why. And when that hammer finally drops, it is, it the hammer hits you, like, right in your chest. Oh, yeah. It's like a sledgehammer. No, I, yeah. 
and I was like kind of just shriveled up afterward. Um, I was just a really like husk of a man uh, after that movie. But um, no, I mean, yeah, you can't say they didn't go for it. Um, and especially, you know, if you like your messed up horror uh, movies, I mean, I don't know if there's a stronger one than this one. Uh, yeah, if the, I, I can't imagine someone watching this film and then the last like 10 minutes not to remain quiet. Like you yeah. basically you have to act out and yell at your TV. Yeah. And it's it's been a while since I've seen a horror film like achieve that. But this one, I I would I really look forward to like a home meet physical media copy of this because I would be handing that out to friends and then they might question my own. <laughs> but like it's it, foreign people like there are a lot of foreign films, and it's not just this one, but there are a lot of foreign films out there that like when you watch, you'll be amazed at like how this stuff like, kind of not just represents where they're coming from, but just what they're able to achieve more in cinema than what we've yet to kind of tackle, if you ask me. And like, yeah. this one is just, it's nice on the inside. And then on the, I guess the out, it's nice on the outside, but on the inside, it's, it's like you're saying that dread is there and I love it. Yeah. I mean, if I ever record a commentary track of movies <laughs> on this podcast, the noises dude. that I will be making in the oh, last 10 dude. minutes are, um, that, that would be a fun category in our little, uh, awards game oh yeah what's the best commentary yeah the... <laughs> what's the noises you made the most this year yes. that's pretty great that's i love that good. um well brent thanks for being on the pod we'll definitely have you on the new year absolutely uh thanks for doing this yeah we're gonna we're gonna talk about um all the advances that the mcu has failed at right oh yeah 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 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That. yeah, yeah we yeah. have so much more next year to look forward to oh okay. absolutely yeah no we're we're ready it's, we're it's, a, that's, it's a shot for my co-host you can uh we're doing our wrap up as well uh whenever you find that but you you can find us at center rivals basically where you can also find your your podcast we appreciate all the appearances we get on there of course well we'll obviously continue to have you on ours i appreciate it i appreciate it check out center rivals when you can folks all right, I'm here with Taylor. For those who remember, Taylor this year was on, I believe, our Oscars episode. A lot has happened since then. Um, that was a lifetime ago. But, uh, you know, now you're here, now you're with us. And I'm sure fans of the pod are dying to know. Uh, Taylor, what would you say your favorite movie of 2022 is? Before I get to that, I completely forgot that that was a, that was a podcast episode I was on. And I listened back to that whole episode, too. So, wow, that was... That was definitely last, what, April or something? Yeah, yeah. A lot has changed, a lot has happened. Awful Oscar ceremony. Hopefully this next one can be better. Um, yeah, and, and since then, my favorite film of 2022 has come out, um, and that would be Jordan Peele's Nope. Nice, good pick. Awesome. That's my that's my number one. I That was kind of the film that I was putting everything else up against like after i saw it i was like is this gonna is this gonna live up to this and so i i liked a lot of things and my uh and my wild card pick you'll uh i'll, I'll say later is also like it's that's <laughs> it's a five-star film but this one was like every time i think back to it i think of all these different scenes where i had no idea what was going to happen next and my my beating heart kind of just aided with that it was just one of those movies that got my heart pumping more than any other film I mean with with its you know that that third act that's just kind of like this this huge sprawling thing that wasn't really happening in the the earlier scenes and I mean the disturbing scenes with the abduction stuff and and um oh my god that full flashback I mean that might be seen in the movie that that full flashback with um Gordy uh, yeah with yeah (laughs) 
Gordy. Gordy's innocent. Gordy's innocent. He did nothing wrong. Just the fact that the whole theater was just there, like basically like like putting their hands over their eyes and everything, like that's something I'll never forget. So those yeah, that's that's why it's it's gotta be number one. Of course, yeah. You know, it's funny, uh, in Get Out, one of the most famous sequences is Daniel Kaluuya sinking into his chair. That was me watching Nope. I was like, oh, I can't move at all. Um, what a great movie. Uh, obviously, I think it brings back kind of the blockbuster horror that, like, Jaws was. I feel like this also kind of replicates in that way, where it's like, not only is this, like, a really thrilling, exciting original blockbuster, but you're also on the edge of your seat, like, 110% of the whole thing. Um and like amazing performances all the way around. Daniel Kaluuya, love him. Kiki Palmer uh, was incredible. And Stephen Young, like in the movie for like 20 minutes, but like maybe my favorite supporting performance of the year. I know. I remember you saying that you really liked his his whole story and everything. And and I, I really liked that his story wasn't immediately like digestible. It was yeah. to go through a lot of like incel Reddit threads to really figure <laughs> out like what his whole, whole deal was and all that. And it, yeah, there was that. And then there was the fact that the movie was just like, genuinely funny like like even after i'd only seen it once i i remembered like word for word when she when she was like didn't i tell you this motherfucker was gonna bring a non-digital yeah and they let's go boy their hands five times and everything oh my god yeah there were so many like moments where i was like this is iconic for me (laughs) iconic just thrilling um heart stopping Hell yeah. I love that movie. Um, Great pick. So now you have a wild card. This can be something you love, something you hated, maybe something underrated. Uh, Taylor, it's on to you. What do you got? It's Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Good pick. Nice. Awesome. It is the opposite end of that spectrum. <laughs> it is the, uh, it is the, uh, I, I would say the Ariana Grande to Nope system of a down or something. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, I just came up with that analogy now. Do not hold that against me. It is something that I that I watched um, without even being a big fan of those original YouTube vids. And I was watching it and being like, this is so much effort put into to something that looks like not a lot of effort is going into. I mean, I mean, like in terms of the the look of, of everything, it's very simple. It is it uh, it's just a very simple little stop motion little shell with shoes on just walking around and then just a documentarian doing uh pretty amateur looking um uh film footage and whatnot but i mean what you get is just a, a really rich story of of this little <laughs> this little person he's just a little guy yeah just a little guy trying to figure out you know where his family is a little finding dory ish there and but it's also through through Marcel's eyes that we just see like actually how big this world is like when he like when he was just like watching the views rack up and being like oh there's I I never even considered that amount of people to like be out there or anything it was it was really nice to just um step back and and watch someone just watch someone talk about how crazy this world is and and how you know like as as someone who's gone viral on on the internet a few times just uh, it's it's cool to see someone not take that for for uh for granted and 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 be like no this is actually bananas how many people there are and, and what we can do in this world and, and how we all interact with each other it, it was yeah it was it was very very nice to see yeah i uh, i love this film too um obviously when it's under an a24 logo you start to get a little like what is this um but it's like maybe their most like pleasant nice movie um it's just like it feels like a warm hug and um 
Yeah, it's very funny. It's very cute. I found myself cheering up multiple times throughout the movie. Um, and yeah, just like you were saying, like it's very minimalist in like kind of what you're looking at, but a ton of effort had to go into it. I mean, like the shell is just moving around and talking the whole time. You got to imagine that had to be, you know, difficult to move around and construct all that stuff. But no, I yeah. agree with you. I thought it was just delightful. Um, and then I realized that Marcel was voiced by Jenny Slate. And I'm like, great. So yeah, well, and it's it, so and it's directed by her ex, I think. Friend, yeah, which is like, and I think they were together when the YouTube videos were a thing. So they they literally were like, oh, "We got to make this movie," and I, this this might be a little awkward, but let's do this for the fans. And they like, you know, nut up or shut up, and they just made it. Yeah. I want to see this again. The problem is it's on the A24 store or whatever, and it's like 40 bucks. And I'm like, dog, I don't have that money. Wait, to like, to buy it? Yeah, on like the Blu-ray is only on the A24 store. And I'm like, just like, why? Why can't I get oh. it for like 20 bucks at like a Walmart? I'll do it. I don't want to pay 40 to have like, you know, an exclusive. I wonder, I wonder why it's not, it's not like just at a Walmart or something. I I, I mean, I don't go to Walmart a whole lot or Oh yeah, no, I, I I feel like it should at least be it should at least be there because um for people that don't really know this character or don't really know this movie, that's just a way to get more people knowing about it. And I, I feel like this is one of those movies that I, I want a lot of people to see. Yeah. Well, especially the other thing too, and the fact that it's like based on a YouTube video, like the fact that you're like, oh, I'm turning my YouTube viral video into a movie, like that just sounds kind of cringe. But the fact yeah. that they actually like made it like super genuine and super cute, um, I think really speaks to how good this movie is. Taylor, thank you for coming on this year. We'll definitely have you back uh, in the next year for sure. Okay. <laughs> it's, always, it's always a pleasure to be on here and, and talk about this. I look forward to next year, man. Of course. Absolutely. We'll have you back on. All right. See you. All right, I'm here with LK. For those who remember, LK and I did an episode where we talked about everything everywhere all at once. And then we also uh, did a retrospective on the Rocky Horror Picture Show, something that you were in at DePaul. Um, yes, the terminologist. Incredible. You know, that's what we call foreshadowing on the pod. Uh, <laughs> this is the first and only example where it's turned out well, but, you know, I'm sure we'll have that in the future. Um <laughs> But, all right, so, okay, I gotta ask. Uh, we're at the end of the year. What would you say your favorite movie that you saw this year was? Okay. Um, you know, it's funny because I forgot that that's what we talked about on our last podcast episode because I was literally, I was talking to my sister today trying to narrow down the movies that I've seen, mm-hmm. and I kept coming back to everything everywhere all at once. Nice. And I could not make that anything less than my favorite movie that I've seen this year Great for pick. multiple reasons um it was so good that has to be my favorite this year nice tell me about it can you are you allowed to tell me what yours is or do i have to wait and listen you have to wait and listen yeah i'm not giving you mine but you should know the answer you should know the answer i do know the answer but i wanted to make sure i knew the answer (laughs) you just wanted to have the same that's all i did i wanted to have it early tell me about everything everywhere Okay, what is there what is there not to say about this movie? It is such a I would say one of the things that I love about it is it is genuinely such a well-rounded movie, but it does what a lot of movies try to do and fail to do, which is have a really, really simple center that all the audience can like come back to. Mm -hmm. I will also say what is really amazing about this movie that I got to experience is that we got to go see it in theaters which a lot of movies, it helps to see it in theaters, but it's like, it doesn't really matter if you see it in theaters. 
the theatrical experience of going to see this movie and experience it with a group of people really just, I think, enhanced the feeling that the movie gives you when you watch it, which is family, people around you, the core values that all of us hold. And it was the most beautiful experience. I think what we talked about, which I keep coming back to, is the fact that you smile, cry, and laugh like all at the same time with this movie because it masterfully does that. I think the cast was just fantastic. Everybody did a fantastic job. The um, cinematography was beautiful. The set design was beautiful. The costumes were fantastic. I think everything just really came together really beautifully into a story that had a bunch of twists and turns, but like I was saying, always had that middle like line that you could always come back to and like hold on to no matter what was coming it was amazing and just I will also say all the characters were so 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 well-rounded that everything they did completely made sense within their character and added to the humor of each moment you know yeah I think this movie is surprisingly like, and I was talking about this with someone else, but it is maybe the most insane movie I've ever seen, just as far as like what we're looking at. There are like people with hot dogs for fingers. There's like a raccoon in the form of a ratatouille sort of thing on someone's head. And the fact, again, like you were saying, like that there's like a really great message to the like to the heart of the movie that you can always like fall back on. And that even the crazy stuff in the movie falls back on. Um, it's kind of incredible. And I, I like there's so many moments in the movie where i'm like surely this is gonna break me like there's no like I, I i don't know how you can recover from this and it always like pulls you right back in um yeah i just remember our audience when we saw it together just like like completely eating the whole thing up and then everyone was just sobbing at the end and i'm like yes yes this is what the movies are about um yeah excellent yeah. pick amazing movie uh it was, it was. and it was I, okay wait one more thing i'm so sorry you're fine I think the way that I can explain it to people who haven't seen it is, you know how when you watch like a Disney movie or a kid's movie and you're going into it with a playful spirit and they take a playful spirit-ish approach to a harder topic that mm -hmm. allows it to be like digestible. I think they did a similar thing where they had these like really large concepts that they use like hot dogs, fingers, lady to like kind of use and because it was so like masterfully done you digested it so much easier and you didn't have to like be like mm, let me like analyze this movie mm -hmm. it just uh no i completely agree everything everywhere rocks uh all right you have a wild card this can be something you love somebody hated maybe something underrated okay what do you got what's your wild card okay it's not a 2022 movie everything ever all was that a 2022 movie? that was that was that was okay okay i'm right it was one that i literally watched i think two weeks ago um it's called thoroughbreds i'm, I'm assuming you've watched it i've seen this yeah with anya taylor joy uh-huh mm -hmm. tell me about it i first of all it's such a short movie it's an hour and 30 minutes um and it has who does it have here i can't I can't remember the other actress who plays uh, Olivia Cook, I believe. Thank you so much. You're it's centered around those two main characters. It only has, I think, it, it really, I think, has less than like 10 characters that really are in this movie, which is interesting. I, It's one of those movies where I was kind of like, okay, it's trying to do something. And then at the end of the movie, I was like, oh, it did something. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of underrated because I haven't heard that many people talk about it. 
but I have been in a very much a thriller mystery phase right now where that's all I want to watch. And it it's always weird because I, I I don't know if I'm supposed to spoil it or mm-hmm. just talk about it without trying to spoil it. Mm-hmm. Uh, go without spoilers. Just so that's what I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. Basically, it is a story about these two um, girls like scheming to do something. And one girl like cannot feel emotions. One girl feels too much. That's kind of like the whole thing. Right. And they kind of have like this trope applies to this one character and this trope applies to this one character. But at the end of the movie, do do they actually apply to those characters or do they maybe it's more like mysterious or like different than you actually might think. Right. So I think it was a movie that had like one core thing, not core thing, but like one message that it you thought it was telling and then it had like one underneath that it was telling but it was really simple and clear and every element was like they didn't try to fit too much in the movie which Mm -hmm. made it that much more mysterious i think it helped the fact that it's a thriller a lot because a lot of times simplicity leaves the mind to add in things and freak you out even more so i just i don't know i really liked it I, I, i ended the movie in the last five minutes i was just like oh that was that was really well done. That was really good. Yeah, I hear you. Um, no, I love Anya Taylor Joy. I love Olivia Cook. Obviously, now they've kind of gotten bigger since that movie, which is awesome. But no, I agree. Underrated movie. Where was that? Is that on Netflix? Sure. <laughs> All right. Nice. Yeah, I, we love recommending things uh, here on the pod. Go watch um, it wherever movies are. Wherever movies are sold, you heard it here first. Um, amazing. No, I really enjoyed that movie. I think that's a very good underrated pick. Um, yeah, that'll do it. Thank you for giving your uh takes, and thanks for you know uh coming on this year. We'll be sure to have you back in the new year. You do great things, Blaine, and I am so happy to be on this podcast and talk a little bit about movies with you. It's the best. I appreciate your kind words. Thank you. (laughs) All right, I'm back with Hannah. For those who remember, Hannah and I did a retrospective on the Percy Jackson live-action films and going into kind of a fan-casting period for um, the TV show that's coming out. And then we were immediately proven wrong because they released the cast. And um, I don't think... Do we have any of our guesses, like, actualized? I think we did mention Jason Mansukis. Yeah, we had him. But That's we right. cast him wrong, I think, because he's <laughs> Mr. D. Right. And I think we were saying we wanted him to play Zeus or something. Yeah. We yeah. wanted the the Jake Johnson, Jake, Jason Mansukis. Who was the yeah. other one who looked a lot? Oscar Isaac? I don't know. Yeah, we had them, three people but... who looked a lot alike, and then they just got the one. Yeah. But well, who, that's who okay. Could, who could see Lin Manuel Miranda? Yeah, like, he's, he's Hermes, right? That. Yeah, no, he's no one, Hermes. No one could have known. No one could have no. known. And yet here we are. Um, but that brings us to the end of the year. Um, so Hannah, what would you say your favorite movie that you saw this year was? Well, a lot of the favorite movies I did watch were not released this year. Um, the one I was gonna say was Tick Tick Boom. Nice. It was also my Spotify Wrapped top. 39 was my top song. I had it in my top too. Yeah, we've all been mm-hmm. there. Um, but if we are going with movies released in 2022, I will have to say The Batman. Okay, great pick. Yeah. Um, especially like after moving to Chicago and being able to recognize all where they shoot stuff. And I'm also like a bat I I just love all the Batman movies. Um, probably 
favorites of mine. For sure. Yeah, no, it was awesome seeing like all the Chicago stuff that we mm-hmm. recognized. We're like, wait a minute, I know where that stop is. Um, mm-hmm. All this stuff. I thought Pattinson was like incredible. I, I oh, loved yeah. his performance. Definitely a different Batman, but I like it. Yeah. I thought we've funny. never seen like a detective version of him either. So that was yeah. super cool. And my favorite Batman villain from the pre, my favorite other Batman movie is Batman Returns with mm-hmm. Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Right. Which is a very different Riddler than Paul Dano's. Right. But I still like his Riddler. Yeah, I thought he was great. I thought the way they yeah. updated him to be like kind of a Twitch streaming incel. Mm-hmm. I was like, this checks out. I like this. Yeah. Um, but awesome. Great pick. Um, I love the Batman as well. I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what they do with them. I hope they bring them back yeah. for mm-hmm. more uh, adventures. All right. And then you have a wild card pick as well. And this can be something that you love, something that you hated, something maybe a bit underrated. So what do you got? So my wild card pick, I hate I hate to do this, uh-huh. but it's going to be Glass Onion. Oh. I did not like it. What? Okay. <laughs> wait a minute. All right. Interesting. All right. Tell me about it. So here's the thing is that I feel like by telling people it's a knives out story, you're like the whole because the, the whole allure of I love knives out. Mm-hmm. Like the whole allure of it is that you do not know what's coming. And I loved how they pitch it and like they advertised it as a completely different movie mm-hmm. as what you saw on screen. Right. Like they advertised it as all of these family members going out for blood. And then they don't even like have Anna de Armas as Marta in the promo. Yeah, all. she's very out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the whole story is about her. Mm-hmm. And Glass Onion doesn't really do that. Another thing with Glass Onion is like it does kind of flip the script a lot, like Knives Out does. But for me, Knives Out, there's like three solid sections of the movie. Like there's the first section where it's like um, Benoit Blanc doing all those interviews. Mm-hmm. And then the middle section is uh, Marta trying to cover up her, her role in it. Yeah. And then the third section is when it all kind of comes together. Mm-hmm. There isn't really like a section like that. Like there's no like clear division. Uh huh. They keep twisting it up. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a tale. You know, I don't want to spoil anything. It is kind mm-hmm. of like a two half kind of thing. Um, yeah. Where it's like halfway through, there's kind of a change, and then you go back and you see some of the events in the first half mm-hmm. recontextualized. And I thought that was cool. I like that it had a different structure, but I can see how you'd be disappointed with something. And like, like for that. me, I would have so like the whole like recontextualizing thing mm-hmm. is like they do that with multiple aspects of the story. Mm-hmm. Like they do that with, and this is like a very vague spoiler, but with who dies, right? Is I feel like they could either have like you don't know who. They keep changing who dies mm-hmm. or the whole recontextualization. I feel like having both of those things at once was too much. Okay. Gotcha. I also did watch this movie with both of my grandmothers uh-huh. and they kept pausing it to ask what was going on. <laughs> so we love watching movies with our family. A little, that's a little telling. Gotcha. But I mean, like, and also I feel like there's too many cast members. Okay, sure. I it was gotcha. a little crowded. It um, is, yeah. That's fair. Like, you could have definitely combined Whiskey and Birdie into the same person. Oh, sure. I can maybe see that. Yeah. Um, Because, like, they function... I, I did really like the Duke's character. I found um, Leslie Adam Jr.'s character. Like, he's just kind of there. Mm-hmm. He didn't really do anything. 
Right. Yeah, I love Catherine Hahn. It's a misdirection, um, you know? They gotta yeah, point you. Yeah, I know. I know they kind of wanted, like, as many suspects as possible, also with it, like, being so contained. Right. Um, But... Didn't work for you. Yeah, they just didn't do anything. Wow. I like, didn't do enough. They all kind of had the same reasonings for wanting to kill the others. Yeah. So they were just kind of redundant. I got you. Sure. Well, hey, there's nothing more on this podcast than we appreciate than honesty. So, you know, we all have our opinions and sometimes we can all disagree. That is perfectly Mm -hmm. fine and valid. We can agree to disagree. Exactly. Exactly. I know we do disagree on other Ryan Johnson movies. Namely, that's right. The Last Jedi. Don't get me started. That's not now is not the time. That is place. not the time for that discussion. Yes. But all right. Well, hey, you win some, you lose some. That's all good. Yeah. Um, thanks for doing this, Hannah. We will definitely yeah. have you on when that. Uh, absolutely, when the Percy Jackson show comes on, you'll be. Oh like, yes, I am looking forward to it when that happens. But we'll sure mm-hmm. to have you on beforehand. But uh, thanks mm-hmm. for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. All right, I'm here with Kyler. For those who remember, Kyler was on my, I think we did Doctor Strange and Moon Knight, where we talked about Marvel movies. We really shilled out that episode. Um, we really did. Yeah, you know, uh, all hail the mouse, really. Um, they can do no wrong. You're excited for Ant-Man, right? Yeah, Quantum Media. Oh, yeah. Oh, they've boy. done a they've done a lot of wrong this year since that episode. Yeah. Um. I every time I see that trailer, I'm like, let's move on quickly, please. Um. But anywho, we're not talking about Marvel. Hopefully, uh, we're talking best movies of the year. Kyler in 2022, the year of our Lord and Savior. What would you say your favorite movie that you saw this year was? It'd be pretty funny if I said Love and Thunder. And just just to I keep would it hate the you. Chill, I would like I I would delete you from the podcast in um, real time. This is... This is a surprise to absolutely no one, but it's everything everywhere all at once. Great pick. Um, I mean, both me and you know that we've single-handedly been showing this movie to every person that exists. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I think... we've been part of the marketing budget for this movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, what what do you want? I'm on like six rewatch. I think, I think I'm, I'm on like six 15. or seven. Yeah, it, it, the yeah. numbers are just keep going up and I don't care, you know? Yeah, every time it still gets me. It still Death hits, taxes, yeah you know here's i know um just like what a what an out of the blue movie that came out of nowhere i'm like oh i love michelle yo i'll go see this and then i was just absolutely devastated by it everyone in the cast is amazing everything about it's amazing i mean key quad what a sweetheart love the guy yeah i am pulling for the oscar campaign he better win if he doesn't win i will sob into my pillow i'm gonna Everything Everywhere Sweep. That's what I want. Right that's there. right. That's right. Damn straight. Listen, there's a couple other ones that I would be okay with, but Everything Everywhere Sweep. That's what we need. Yeah. Listen. As soon as we saw the Wong Kor Wai influence, I knew. I knew immediately. I'm like, that's that's exactly. Kyler's five star. Oh my gosh. That's the five star um, right there. Also, we need Stephanie Shu to get nominated. Like, yeah, why please. are we pushing Jamie? No, I no, love no. Jamie. She's why great, but it's her? like Stephanie. No, yeah. we gotta we gotta lock in Stephanie here. Um, yeah. Joju, Jobu Jopaki, that's right. Yeah, I said it. Yeah. They keep messing or, up the name in the movie. I keep forgetting. It's funny. It it's is funny. It's funny every time. Funniest yeah. running bits, yeah. Exactly. Can I, I'm gonna, uh, since I'm a troublemaker, I have yeah. to throw out here. Yeah, Rebel Rebel. Behind the curtain real quick. Of course. We were supposed to record this yesterday, technically. Yeah. Uh, or at least that's how we planned it. Since then, I've seen Babylon. Yeah, you have. And that is going in my tie for number one. Okay. Because I feel like Everyone else is saying everything everywhere. I, I'll, I'll add a little something new with Babylon. I'll sure. have you write in the comments 
two picks for number one for me because I'm a troublemaker. You yeah, know I, mean? <laughs> I, I want I want you to do more work. Wow, um, Babylon, holy crap! I've never what a movie. had a movie distill my love for filmmaking into like a visual format and a yeah. story. I got you know that scene where they have the two shoot days going and then Brad Pitt sobers up at the end and they get the one tear and the butterfly. Yeah. In shambles. I was yeah. crying. I was bawling. And it was just a downhill trajectory from there of tears like every 20 minutes. It's like, what if the Nicole Kidman AMC ad, but like Jackass Forever mixed together? And I'm like, yeah. that's it. That's what we got. Um, Yeah, I think it's a mess, does... but I loved it. Yeah. I loved it so much. Yeah, there was definitely some characters that I felt like were cut heavily. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah, but I mean, it's three hours. So it's like, what? Like, yeah, well... That's the thing I was like, well, if Jim can have, you know, Avatar be some bajillion hours or whatever. I, give me an extended edition. Damien, give me an extended edition. Give me a six-part miniseries on Netflix. Like, exactly. Um, Tarantino. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, listen, um, as long as, you know, it's already bombed, right, at the box office. It's not mm-hmm. making its money back, you know. Yeah. Makes sense, I will say. Makes sense. It's mm-hmm. not a movie for everyone. But here's the thing. Yeah. Now he can do whatever he wants with it. Give me the deleted scenes. Give me, you know. Yeah. Give well, me the extended the cut. I, I've been seeing some rumblings of Criterion. I, I'd be like, down. I'd be down. I would be, too. We I'm get, in. I'm sure, I'm sure Criterion's like, make the movie as long as you want. We'll add it to the disc, you know. I love it. That's I'd the dream it. right there. Um, I, I hate to see. I hate to see where. De- I mean, I don't hate to see. I know he's going to be great, but wherever they're putting him in director jail, that's a little worrying, you know. For <laughs> yeah, it does feel like it's his last movie. So I'm like, all right, well, yeah. let's get him out of there, you know. Well, you said to me when you saw this movie, you said if this was the last movie ever made, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, and I walked out of there feeling the same way. Yeah, I was a broken mess. I was just in shambles for like a good three hours, just wandering around. Yeah. I amazing. True. Incredible. Amazing. All right. Well, you gave your two favorites of the year. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're a little rabble rouser. But um yep. now it's time for the wild card. And this can be something that you love, something you hated, something maybe underrated. Kyler, what you got? Okay. I think looking at my letterbox list here, I think it has to be Leonor will never die. Okay. Because All right. that movie, I feel like not not a lot of people have seen it, obviously. It's distributed by a music box. And I think they've only, sh- they, it, it was like at the music box for two weeks and yeah. maybe on their streaming service distribution okay. thingy. Um, a lovely movie uh, from the Philippines about this woman who was a screenwriter and a director in the 80s. And I really threw you for a loop with this one, right? Because I haven't this seen the this. one movie you haven't seen this year. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. you're really, all right. She, so she's a screenwriter and director from the 80s. Now she's older. And um, basically her son's all like, you know, wanting to leave her and all that, but has to take care of her. And then she gets hit in the head by a television, goes into a coma, and then wakes up in her movie that she wrote. Oh, cool. And so it's very much like a, a dual plane story where they are are trying to make her movie to wake her up from a coma while she's living the movie but then it just takes a wild turn and obviously I'm not spoiling anything but it it breaks the fourth wall at multiple points like it's one of those things about like oh this is what filmmaking is you know you know what i mean like they nice. it's very cute it's lovely maybe one of my favorite endings of the year so it just goes absolutely totally bonkers in a nice. great way 
I'm like, this is delightful. I walked out being like, this is delightful. Nice. It's sitting at number number ten <clears throat> on my letterbox uh, list this year, and that's pretty high, I think. That for is like high. A little indie movie that came out of nowhere. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I I don't have anything to say. I gotta check this out. Yeah. Um, I've heard good things. I'm looking on my letterbox right now, and people have rated highly. So I gotta uh, give it a go. But um, good. Yeah, it's well, delightful. it's good to have one unknown in there. You know. I mean, you yeah. get your own little identity. Um. Get to be a little special, don't you? Uh, <laughs> uh, I do exactly. That's what you wanted. I gave sure. you everything everywhere. I, I'm not. Yeah, not hey, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not knocking you. I'm not knocking you. Um, I awesome. feel like. Um, oh, I was just gonna say real quick. I feel like Music Box had a really good year for for sure for films because they had Leonor, they had Strawberry Mansions. Yeah. You know, After Sun, good movie. The North. Okay, that's not movie. that's not a Music Box film. We don't need to talk about that movie. <laughs> I was gonna say Deadstream, even though it's Shutter. Deadstream, like, great movie. That, one. that was everyone good. needs to go see Deadstream. That yeah, go hilarious. see Deadstream. That was awesome. That movie rocks. Um, don't go see After Sun. <laughs> damn. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna cut this off before you like. Uh, keep speaking. That's fine. <laughs> I will hear. It will be like I'll hear a million souls cry out in anguish or whatever Obi Wan says. You know incredible um kyler we will have you on in the new year for sure thanks for doing this i appreciate it i hope so talk about how great after sun is <laughs> all right i'm here with will and will was on uh two big episodes of big movies this year uh the top gun maverick and our favorite tom cruise movies episode as well as our avatar wave water and top five water movies episode water will is back and we are at the end of the year uh and will i gotta ask what would you say your favorite movie of the year was? Oh, I think you know, Blaine. Uh, my favorite movie of the year was 100% hands down Top Gun Maverick. Let's go, baby. Absolutely incredible. I had been hyping that movie up for four fucking years. And <laughs> everyone told me I was crazy. Everyone was like, it's just a movie. But then it came out, took the world by storm. And it 100% exceeded my expectations. That was like such a good movie. Not a disappointment in the slightest. The exact opposite. Um, and I know I, I love that movie. I've rewatched it multiple times since. Yeah, I keep finding myself looking up scenes on YouTube of like the last like 30 minutes. And I'm like, this is like adrenaline. Um, yeah, great pick. Uh, you know, I don't think anyone saw how good this was going to be coming. I think people were like, oh, probably will be good tom cruise is reliable and then he came up and was like yo let me make uh one of the best sequels ever made real quick and you gotta respect it uh he's a madman he had that video where he jumped he skydived and he's like hey thanks for watching top gun maverick i'm like you're welcome um i am scared of you you're a madman uh and look you know it's it's finally a movie where dads can clap when they land the plane (laughs) you know um And that just goes to show Top Gun Maverick is for the dad and all of us. You know, I'm not a father, but by the end of it, I wanted to like stand up and clap. Um, No, excellent pick. Excellent movie. Uh, Yeah. What else is there to say? Um, All right. So now you've got a wild card pick. This is going to be somebody you love, somebody hated, something underrated. Uh, Lay it down for me. What you got? So my wild card pick is Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Okay. Great pick. Yeah. I was not expect first of all i wasn't expecting it just as a movie Mm -hmm. i remember seeing that first trailer and just not only like okay you got pete davidson in a movie about a game that i played like twice in high school okay but like it's also it's in that series of movies that they're making lately where it's like horror movies based on like you know childhood games you got 
Ouija, you got Ready or Not, you got um, uh, Truth or Dare, like all that stuff. Right. And I honestly was half expecting the next one of those movies to be like fucking Red Light, Green Light or something. Yeah, I just wait, but, just wait. But Bodies, Bodies, Bodies came out and I remember I watched it by myself in my room on my laptop just because i was bored it was like it was like honestly like midnight when i started it (laughs) um and i just remember thinking like it was hard for me to like get up and go to the bathroom after that because i was like it's a i have such a small dorm room but i was like i can't risk there being something in the shadows like it's not even a supernatural movie but i was still like i gotta watch my back everywhere um and it was just like i enjoyed it way more than i expected to um like personally, I like Pete Davidson, but I can also admit that he's not everyone's cup of tea. And, you know, seeing him in a horror movie wasn't really what I was expecting. But um, he he delivered and he wasn't even like the main player in that movie. And everyone else in that movie did such a really, really good job. Um, I just really I really enjoyed it. That one just took me really by surprise. No, I loved Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Um, not only is kind of like a whodunit thriller, which by yeah. the end, you know, reveals itself to be kind of a satire by the end of it, but I was on board for the whole thing. Um, it was just a riot. And I think a movie like that could easily go so wrong if everyone involved wasn't in touch with like today's kind of Gen Z, yeah. you know, uh, Twitter obsessed um, yeah. teenagers. And I feel like this movie did the hard job of, uh making that work and making it relatable um and just allowing like the generation to be laughed at now some could say it's too mean i disagree i think it's pretty accurate um and shout out to rachel senate i love her and she completely steals the movie there's a segment about podcasting that you know as a podcast host myself i was like that's it right there that is gospel um it's about hanging out with your with your funniest and favorite friend or whatever the line exactly exactly and i you know what i'd subscribe i'd listen i'd listen if we had a podcast i'd absolutely listen no great pick i love that movie underrated that's all good. Um, well, Will, thanks for giving that to me. Uh, it's been a great year. And uh, we'll have you back on the pod sometime next year. Hope to hear it. Yeah. All right. I'm here with Beth for this Remember Beth did an episode where we went over all the Toy Story movies and Lightyear. Remember Lightyear? I don't remember Lightyear. No. That Let's never not happened. Remember. No. That I don't want to remember. Is a brief memory that is long faded away. But we are here at the end of the year um or beginning of the year depending on when you're listening it would have to be the beginning of the year um but we're here to talk the best of 2022 and beth i gotta know what would you say your favorite movie that you saw in 2022 was not light year yes <laughs> Incredible. everything everywhere all at once great pick amazing pick. Obviously. tell me about it tell me about it um i don't know it just was the only one of the movies this year which is not saying a lot because nothing that came out this year is good but mm. it was the only one that like stuck out to me i saw it with you you sure did <laughs> you that's saw right it a lot yeah i've seen I it too not... many times yeah i was not the first one you saw it with but you were the first one i saw it with and then i was like i'm gonna just show all my friends and family and none of them understood uh the that's hype. so sad but yeah, I'm afraid to I show my like... parents. I'm like, I don't know if they'd appreciate it, but you know. <laughs> my parents did not get it. It might just be a generational thing, you know? I don't know. Yeah, I but... think so because I think it's really good, and I think the podcasters, the listeners out there, hi guys, I think you agree with me. 
They're all so, nodding their head what? in agreement. I can feel like a, yeah. a sense in the forest. They're all just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Cinematic really. masterpiece. Yeah, yeah it's really I good. Her. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> um, no, that movie's amazing. I laughed. I cried. I fell asleep. Oh. I woke up. I laughed. I cried. I didn't sleep. What are you talking about? There's no sleeping moments. There's no sleeping. Not with that movie. I will say, for the fact that it's like, I don't know, two and a half hours, it moves really quickly. We love that. Yeah. Every, things just kept half happening, and I was like, mm, okay. Yeah, and the you fact that it's so, it's so crazy, and at multiple moments, you think it's going to, like, break. And it doesn't. It always, yeah. like, comes back in, and you're, like, at a point. I know. I, I was that. like, is this the end? Nope. Can it end like that? <laughs> nope. <laughs> It can't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep going. Um, yeah, no. Incredible movie. Uh, the right pick, I feel. Right. And now you have a wild card pick. This is going to be something that you love, something that you hated, maybe something underrated. Um, what's your wild card pick for the year? So I wanted to talk about Turning Red. Because okay, I feel great. Like that's a controversial one. No, it shouldn't for be. For some reason, incredible. it yeah. shouldn't be. Yeah. I think that's like my second, maybe third favorite of the year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why we're mad about pads, guys. Um, yeah. it's a cute little panda, and she runs around. I know it's such a, the panda, <laughs> the red panda is so fluffy. Like, come on. Yeah, and they it's have so it's a, isn't it like a thousands? Like we go back to the thousands. That's right, like to the nostalgic. Thousands. Exactly. I love it. We love our why generational trauma in Disney movies. Yes. That seems to be the villain in all. Disney movies at this point. <laughs> it's like past. Yeah, it's just like, all right, Disney's villains oh, are no longer like Scar or Maleficent. It's just generational trauma. And oh man, yeah, no, it's I wish my parents understood. Parents, mothers, fathers, yeah. bad parenting. <laughs> Beth, I have a question but, for you, and you don't have to reveal the answer on the podcast, but you know, the people gotta know. How many times have you listened to the um uh I don't have nobody but you, the four town song? Oh my god. Okay, so I thought my 2022 uh wrapped or whatever the spotify thing yeah was gonna be like not what it was because the whole album was just up there (laughs) it was i was like i did not listen to that that much what are you talking about that's incredible (laughs) like number five (laughs) i feel like we were all four town fans um it was so good no turning red's amazing (gasps) i laughed and i did cry at that one as well Um, oh yeah it was just so cute. Yeah, it hit all the right places. And the fact that it wasn't in theaters pisses me off. Why? Oh my god. Don't get me Why? started. Pixar, they are trading Pixar so bad, but I think they got a new guy up there. Yeah, Bob, Bob Iger's back. Bobby, Bobby boy. The good yeah. Bob. Well, I think Bob will change that. He better. Jesus. Like, put him back. Yeah. Like, Strange World and Lightyear, those were the most Disney Plus ass movies. And the one good one you made, <laughs> Turning Red, got put into <laughs> Disney Plus. I'm very yeah. upset. No, turning has red anyone else? Yeah, has anyone else said turning red? No, you're me? unique. Oh, damn it. I thought people were gonna be like, yeah, that no one's talking about that anymore. And that was like really good. It's just, well, that'll be that'll be your thing. That'll be your segment. <laughs> people are listening right now, they're like, Oh yeah, turning red. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that one. Yeah, right. Exactly. One. The one with the periods. Oh, exactly. Man. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And we appreciate your energy into bringing that back into the public consciousness. All right. You're doing your part. <laughs> Thank you. And we all appreciate it. Um, yeah, I had to do my part, guys. Of course. Of As course. a woman. Uh, thank you, Beth, for coming on the pod. I really appreciate it. We'll be sure to have you in the new year. Um, yes. Uh, Can't wait.
All right, I'm here with Charles and Ronnie. For those who remember, they were on the infamous uh, space pod uh, where we had like 32 space movies and we just uh, set them up in a fight to the death to see who would become uh, the champion. And, you know, honestly, there were no controversies. <laughs> Everyone loved our decision making. Um, <laughs> yeah, here's I, I never listened to it. Nice, nice. Well, you didn't have to. It was the most popular episode. And then you your approval. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. Um, <laughs> anyway, we are here to talk. Uh, you know, we're at the end of the year. We're here to talk best movies. Um, and Ronnie, you are going to take us off here. Uh, what would you say your favorite movie that you saw in 2022 was? So my favorite movie. Um, I'm not saying the best. Don't ask me the best. But my favorite movie was uh. Wakanda Forever. Sorry about the squeaky toy. That's the dog in the back. But yeah, Wakanda Forever. Uh, and just simply because um, I, I don't feel like they dropped the ball. Like any, I think that this was one of the harder movies to make that Marvel had to make, uh, you know, since they've been in the MCU. And um, yeah, I think they, I think they did a great job for, you know, what they were working with. I think it was, it was a smart decision to kind of lean into um like I said, some of the real world stuff that was going on, but uh, T'Challa, you know, and or excuse me, but you get what I mean. But yeah, yeah right. I, I just yeah, I think that that was that was great, and um, yeah, that's probably post end game. Yeah, it's probably the, the best one to me. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I thought I I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I thought I think Ryan Coogler is really good with his villains. Um, obviously, I think Killmonger. If you ask most people, I think he's maybe the best Marvel villain. Um, that they've come out with, and I, I, I really enjoyed what they did with Namor. I thought he was very um, sympathetic, and I don't know, mm-hmm. I, 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 with a guy who, who has like wings on his feet, the fact that I was able to take that somewhat seriously, commendable. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, now, Charles, I'm bouncing it to you. Uh, favorite movie of 2022? What do you got? Uh, my favorite movie of the year was After Sun. Tell me about it. What'd you like? Um, I just think it was like just kind of a, a really beautiful stunning meditation on a time in your life when you're remembering of uh, like remembering your childhood and what other people were going through and relating mm-hmm. what you're going to through now to what your parents or anyone else is going through in the past i thought it was incredibly like beautifully framed i think every shot in the movie was well composed and they they definitely milked every shot for what it was worth every shot lasts a while but um and it had a way of editing to where it would the camera would slowly move to set up a shot and you knew it was going to cut to another striking image to like whether it was like a match cut to nighttime and every time i would got a chill down my spine and i think it had like the strongest like closing image to any movie this year yeah, I completely agree. Uh, hit you like a freight train, that one does. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I, I kind of what you were saying, I really appreciated how the movie would kind of linger a lot. Um, and there's a lot of patience in the filmmaking that I found. Um, and I think some people might get turned off by that possibly, but um, especially once you realize what's going on in the movie and how it, like how the framing device impacts what you're wanting, this vacation that the movie takes place in. Um, I found oh. it immensely powerful. I think every scene had a detail in it that you had to lean in to find. And I think on a rewatch, which I haven't had a chance to watch it a second time, it's going to be rewarding. Yeah, I completely agree. No, I loved After Sun. I thought it was great. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, you just sold me on it, Charles. I'll go watch it. I haven't seen it yet, but I'll go check it out. 
Yeah, it's great. I enjoy the passion. (laughs) boy, That's what we're all about here. Um, Anywho, so, Ronnie, I'm going to bounce back to you. Uh, You have a wild card pick. This is going to be someone you love, someone you hated, maybe something underrated. Uh, What do you got? So, um, yeah, in pre-production, as we'll call it, you you know, you said no one had mentioned this. It was just surprising. But, um, no, I'm going to go with uh, Way of Water. Um, Once again, I feel like this was a, a... extremely hard movie to make <laughs> yeah you know just with the time and money that was uh invested into it um i mean what the company was sold right disney bought it right uh i think so yeah because disney bought fox right yeah, yeah yeah so just all of that like all of that could be you know could definitely affect you know the the, the product um and yeah i think yeah they succeeded you know once again and um yeah, I haven't seen it a second time, but yeah, I'll probably do that tomorrow. You can't doubt Big Jim, all right? The you can't, sh- man. The, I, I loved when he when the whales showed up. I wanted to like stand up and cheer. I was like, I love those whales. From now on, we're gonna call him Billion Dollar Jim. <laughs> <laughs> you can't miss. He's already hit a billion. He's already hit a billion. Oh yeah, oh, and the yeah. numbers are rising. The numbers are rising. The billion dollar man got to yeah. respect it. I'm gonna yeah. put the words "Don't doubt Jim's Cameron." on my head i'm gonna tattoo it and i think it's i think it's a great idea (laughs) i thought yeah i thought it was awesome i mean it's silly but like oh my gosh it was so exciting oh yeah i definitely laughed at the movie a few times but honestly i I consider that a plus yeah Yeah. it's all part of the experience you know yeah oh can i give one well no go ahead it's your show it's my show no i don't want to ruin his no 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 say say what you got say what you got another one that i loved was uh was nope you okay. Know, so yeah, I think um, um, I'm like really slipping with the names today. But Jordan with, Peele. Um, Jordan Peele. Yeah, man. He's um, he always strikes up conversation. Very polar, you know, polarizing individual. Uh, whether you love it or hate it, it's uh, it's in the conversation. Hell yeah. I appreciate that. No rules. I love nope. it. Nope's one of my few favorite movies of the year. Yeah. yeah. Um, I agree. Uh, Charles, I'm mounting it to you. You got the wild card. What do you got? Um, so I thought about saying something that I really loved, like Jackass Forever. Hell yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to go yeah. with something similar that I just watched. And let me tell you, I had a great time. And I'm going to say Minions, The Rise of Gru. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about it. Tell me, tell me I, what it's very similar to Jackass Forever. A lot about camaraderie and aging. Um, I think it's just a really rich text. No, no, I completely agree. Yeah, I was just like tears were forming out of my eyes um, five minutes in and they just never stopped. Um, Let me tell you, who is, is Bob? Always good. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember who the other who the other short one was, but he was kind of funny. <laughs> Do you think this is better or worse than the first one? <laughs> oh, it was better. Okay, all right. There you go. Were you amused by? Actually, actually, I don't remember the first one at all. Okay. <laughs> but when, how did you take with uh, Steve Carell's vocal performance as Young Brew, where it was just him but a higher pitch? Uh, always, always good. Always, I always stand by Carell doing uh whatever he's doing. Yeah, you're getting the paycheck, you know. And, and Pierre Coffin uh, just doing cocaine and people paying him for it. <laughs> you know, I, I I'm always impressed that the Minions movies uh, did well. You know, I think it grossed a billion dollars, and that just proved you know they, you're allowed to make foreign films without subtitles. Um, you know, <laughs> I have no idea what they were saying, but boy oh boy, I felt it. You know, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You like like you said, I felt every minute of it. 
my audience applauded at the end, and I just felt so proud. I was like, "This is what we strive for here." In were this you country. dressed? Were you were you dressed in a suit? No, I I, I couldn't bring myself that high. Um, <laughs> however, there were people in my theater, I think, who had suits on. And I was like, "Yeah, that's awesome." So, did you dress up in a suit? No, no, uh, sadly, I didn't. I was I was out of town. I couldn't get the the threads together. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Maybe for part three. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Minions three. Once that comes out, it's going to be a party. That's for damn sure. Um, oh, another honorable mention is the Barbie trailer. <laughs> true, true. Margot Robbie. She's going to annihilate that movie. I'm so excited. Like we talk about it, two minutes. Like the, that might be the best two minutes I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> like inject that in my veins. I'm ready. Uh, anywho, <laughs> thank you nerds for doing this. Uh, we'll be sure to have another uh episode at some point together, which I'm sure will just descend into chaos. But you know. It's good. It's good for the views. You're now stuck with me. Your episode did really well, so I have to bring you back <laughs> by law. But Sounds good. Anyway, thanks for doing this, boys. Thank you. Sounds boy. good. See ya. See ya. All right. I am here with Nick. We did an episode on uh, kind of like a fall catch up, you know, Black Adam, Black Panther, After Sun, Banshees, all this good stuff. Um, they need to stop releasing all their movies in the fall. We had like way too many. We need to spread that out next time. Yeah. Um, but he's back with us. Uh, and Nick, I got to ask, we're at the end of the year. What would you say your favorite movie of the year was? Favorite movie of the year has got to be um, the one that I revisited five going on six times. Oh my That's god. Oz Lerman's Elvis. Oh my god, you monster. All right, all right. Yeah, I, I, I saw I saw your list and you had it at number one hundred, but I had to dilute it <laughs> and by ninety-nine and make it number one. And I was I was really thinking about it. Like last night, I was like, okay, it's either between Banshees, Elvis, Top Gun, or even Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. And I was just like, Well, I revisited this one the most. And it's the one that keeps like hitting home with me. I also have an Elvis Builder Bear in the back. So oh, there like, you go, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's just an incredible movie. Okay, what connect? What did you connect to about it? Because this was a divisive one for people. Um, I think just seeing this young man get screwed over, and I just was really able to connect by seeing, like, not like connect with like that story that he had, mm. but like being able to like, I guess he brought Elvis down to earth. Mm-hmm. But then he also, but Boz has like a, such a style that when he's performing, he's able to magnify him to, like, such, like, a god level. I don't know if that makes sense, you know? No, 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 I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think the perspective that the movie takes on Elvis is a good one. Uh, The movie kind of falls apart for me with the Hanks performance. I think it's just a little too silly for me. But again, like, that's kind of what he was like, so I don't know if that's, like, you know, I I, I can't really pin my points here, but... Yeah, yeah. I respect it. Hey, it's really well made. Austin Butler is incredible, and there's definitely... I think he gives a better performance than Fraser in The Whale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I I saw The Whale a few nights ago, and I thought it was I thought it was good for what it was going for, but I also wasn't like really moved or like I felt like I was gonna be more. I don't know. I was looking for more from that movie. Yeah, performance wise. So, so you're pushing Butler for your best actor of the year. Oh, dude, he's got he's got to win. I know he's not going to, but he I, yeah. I think All right. He, boy. Hey, you stayed true to yourself. That's what this is all about. Um, I and I respect it. I respect yeah. it. Um, so now we have a wild card pick. This is gonna be something that you love, somebody hated, maybe something underrated. What's your wild card pick? I don't I don't know. Is this one really getting hate? But I think Puss in Boots. boy. Okay, good pick. Yeah. And has anyone else said that? Or no, not yet. Yeah. So yeah, you're, I, know. I think you're in Puss in Boots is great, and I love the first movie. I love that first one. 
like so seeing this one again like what like 10 years 11 years after the first movie was just like i don't know i, I missed it <laughs> i missed yeah. that universe a lot yeah it feels like dreamworks really stepped up their game with this one i mean i'm not i don't like i i don't hate the first one but i don't like love it it's just kind of squarely yeah. in the middle but this one it feels like they really fired on all cylinders it feels like i don't know they're most thematically mature since like kung fu panda 2 oh and gosh, you're like yeah. oh my gosh you can take it yeah. seriously the animation's gorgeous the villain's like terrifying yeah um, Mulaney, Mulaney was a really good villain choice for yeah this movie. and like i think i was telling my friends about this I, I I think we need more movies where the villains are just a bad guy. They no, they don't need to have redeemable qualities. Yeah, I feel like and, we're kind of in that age where it's like, oh, the villain's good because you understand its motivations. Like, no, just let him be a bad guy. You know, I, I like my villains nasty. Like, so like, of course it's a cartoon, but it's like so cartoony how bad he is. I love it. Like, yeah. I miss that. That so, moment where he got the little Jiminy Cricket uh, as like a guide was killing me. I thought that was a riot. That was so funny. It sounded yeah. like the Jimmy Stewart impression was crazy. I was like, dude. <laughs> How did they come up with this movie? It was incredible. Yeah, no, I, I just kind of uh, like out of out of nowhere swing from DreamWorks at the end of the year to be like, hey, by the way, here's like oh, one of our best movies. movies here, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah I, like my favorite DreamWorks in a while, probably. I know. Yeah, I don't know one of the last I really like. Yeah, I hope it does well at the box office. I'm really hoping that it can, uh, you know, fight through the Avatar um domination that's it's going through. But, oh, don't worry, Babylon's in its way. Yeah, that's not doing great either. Um. Awesome. Well, thanks for the pick, Nick. We will have you uh, back on the pod uh, sometime next year. All right. Thank you. Of course. All right. I'm here with Chase. For those who remember, Chase um, was recently with me with kind of a fall movie catch up of sorts. Um, For some reason, during like the week of Thanksgiving, they decided to drop like nine movies on us, which is very cool and also um, kind of overwhelming. But we got through it. And, Try you know, to work we, a job at the same time. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's like they can't give us that much time. But, you know, talked a bunch. Uh, Glass Onion, Fablemans, Bones and All, a bunch of others. Um, You know him, you love him at this point. But Chase, I gotta ask you, we're at the end of the year, 2022. What would you say your favorite movie that you saw in 2022 was? I would say my favorite one is Babylon. Excellent. Um, It is one that is... It, it's, it's hit or miss. Um, But... I think it just comes from the love of film and kind of the industry. And like, obviously like, you know, that's what you're in school for. That's what I went to school for. Um, that's stuff that we're familiar with learning wise, seeing, you know, the silent era and moving into um, the talkies and like getting to see portions of like sets that like, you know, we we've experienced some some of the stuff. It's not not as comedy of airs as the film presents it like for the first time for for them. But like for us, you know, we've dealt with some of those things. And um, and it's really cool to just see like within that time period, the the outright craziness and raunchiness of and no consequences that Hollywood has but then also see these actors, you know, these four or five characters moving through these different parts of their career. And, you know, we're seeing some of them from the top go to the bottom. Some of them move completely from the bottom into the top and all of it's a fake it till you make it journey and seeing your mark on the industry kind of be presented for in like different audiences and stuff too so 
I don't know. I really love it. Um, it's got a great score. Oh my goodness! Um, this Justin that, Herbert score is banging. Yes, that score. I've listened to Voodoo Mama alone, like on repeat for the whole month of December. Yeah. Um, but I've gone back and like listened to parts of the whole like film score. Um, I've I've waited to rewatch it. I I'm hopefully doing that this week. And I cannot wait. But like also the cinematography too. Like that, I don't know. It could potentially get nominated for an Oscar. But mm-hmm. that's my my favorite like choice. I think that's the best cinematography I've seen all year. Yeah. Um Babylon is crazy and it's certainly not yes. for everyone. Uh however, you and I both looked at each other at the end of the movie and were like, Well, I love that shit. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think also to what uh but might have helped things. I definitely drank during it, um, uh, so might might have made it a little bit better, but than it already was. Right. But yeah, no, I had a blast, and especially too, because like the the montage at the end, I think you have to know enough about film and stuff in mm-hmm. order to understand that at all. Yeah. I and I think the montage has been kind of as divisive as the movie. Some people are like, "Oh hell yeah, this was everything I ever wanted." Some <laughs> other people are like, "This is the silliest thing I've ever seen." I'm yeah, of dude. both minds. I think it's ridiculous, and also I was like, "God damn it, I win, you win, nice job." Yeah, um, like it's incredibly bold. Yeah, um, well, and it's so stupid. Like how, like why? <laughs> <laughs> but but like, like it was awesome. It's great, and I mean, it definitely for like it fits in with the character that's going mm-hmm. on right. um, that you're seeing them experience like their own life and like right. their mark. Like, and I think that's important and yeah. And it kind of sets the stage for like what's to come and what we've all like mm-hmm. as an audience have already experienced. Cause it also shows, you know, events and like movies that we've seen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's interesting, but like it's definitely one of those things that I think there's an appreciation for. Um, but yeah, so but yeah, it's definitely it. The whole film as it's as itself definitely doesn't hold back on the Wolf of Wall Street kind of esque raunchiness. Yeah, Wolf of Wall Street, and, jackass. Yeah, right. Yeah, it uh, especially the first thirty minutes. Goodness uh, gracious! If don't don't see that with parents or yeah like family some, members. i had friends who were like, yeah i took friends. my mom to that i'm like why why yeah, why you do that? yeah. but I, as a whole i think it's something that's worth watching and uh and needs to be seen i agree so i agree a green pick babylon rules um i want to see it again i've already seen it twice so oh, yeah. that tells you how much i need um all right now you have a wild card of the year yes. this could be somebody you love somebody you hated something underrated what you got um I am going to choose my second favorite film of the year, uh, After Sun. Awesome. Tell me about it. So this one is basically like it's the director's like own experience, I'm pretty sure. But yet it's it's a father and a little girl, um, like his daughter. Um, they're on vacation. And the whole time this is being seen through like, past videotapes of the older daughter now trying to put the pieces together of who her father was um and like just remembering and reminiscing in those memories uh, 
and it is incredibly emotional and heartbreaking and one that even by the end of the movie like will leave you just destroyed yeah. and with something to chew on for you know weeks to come even like i i remember you know the next couple of days just like sitting there going like wow like yeah. that's there's so much and i'm like just still comprehending it all and taking it in well, no matter even to... in yeah. like how much i know like what's going on and everything it's just you're putting perspective in your own life too and i think that hits home and it's hard yeah well and it's one of those things where it starts out and you're like all right you know this is kind of cute like what what exactly is going yeah. on and the more it goes on the more you realize what the framing device of the movie has to do with what you're looking at and it all kind of coalesces in like this big emotional like ball that is yeah. just, like weighing on your chest and then even though the movie ends the ball's still there and you're like oh yes. my gosh um there's a sequence involving uh the use of the under pressure the song, best please. use of under pressure yeah it is phenomenal stuff um yeah if I if you're not emotionally moved by the end of that, I I you're a monster. Um, that but. also that entire sequence too. Like I started listening to Under Pressure for like that week as well. Like just to, because that movie yeah. stuck with me right. and like just kept replaying that in my head. It was like I couldn't move past it. Like it was it was such a great sequence. Yeah, um, incredible performance from Paul Meskel. He's really been running yes. the gauntlet recently. Um, shout out to uh, Normal People on Hulu. Just a fantastic, yes. devastating piece of television. Um, but a great child performance as well. Um, oh yeah. You know, sometimes I get scared when children show up in my movies. I'm like, hopefully you bring the heat. Uh, and she's amazing. I forget. Her Frankie Corlo. Cor- yeah, Corlo. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, and she she's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and the whole thing too it is very hard to have something so personal mm. um be so acted and feel like real mm-hmm. like it it literally doesn't feel like these are two actors it feels yeah. like an actual father daughter like on a trip like you're mm-hmm. you're watching their actual life um and that is hard to come by mm-hmm. like by a by a long shot uh and even just like certain things too like it's and, and like you get you get to know this as you get older like how much your parents hide from you mm-hmm. like and whatnot um good or bad but you see it in that movie a lot there's a so much that just it's unraveling and you're just sitting there and you're picking up new pieces of the puzzle new heartbreaking moments and yeah it is it's one that i i love it's it's one that like i wish i could have bought immediately after i saw like it's okay. it's definitely one that i think i will rewatch in the years to come and i think it will hold the same impact yeah um which is not an easy thing to do either mm-hmm. um even even with knowing everything i think it allows you to still unravel every piece and find new things that you missed the first time. Yeah, I agree. So, um, yeah, an incredible debut from Charlotte. Well, and the oh, yeah. that, like that's her debut. It's like, what else do you have in the canon? Yeah, um, in, in, and it's also just like sign whatever project she's got coming next. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> A very exciting but, voice, and I'm excited to see um, what comes next for sure. Yes.
like give I will give you my money now. Um, right. <laughs> sign me up. I'll right. opening night. I'll be season there. passes. Season passes. Yes. Um, <laughs> awesome. Well, Chinks, thank you for doing this, and we'll be sure to have you on in the new year. I know there's several subjects of um interest that uh oh, yeah. you and I are both sharing in the coming year, so we'll definitely yes. have fun with that. But uh, very much, goodness, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. I always look forward to this, so I'm excited I get to do it again. All right, and that'll do it for this episode. Thank you to everyone who um, showed up on the pod. I appreciate all of your input and time that you put uh, into the episodes this year. I think it's been a good year. Um, you know, obviously not a ton of uh, pod episodes as there was in 2021, but that's okay. Um, I'm pretty proud of a lot of the stuff that we put together. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you made it this far. And uh, here's to the new year. Let's make it a good one. You can find The Real View on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, wherever you find your podcasts. We are there, and we will see you next time. Bye.